Hey boys, I am coming home tomorrow. One more sleep. Today, I'm gonna get on the airplane and start flying towards you guys. And I'll fly through the night and then tomorrow after nap, I'll get home. Can't wait. So, this chapter is called Breaking Camp. Now all the vast low rippling and all the vast low earth rippled softly in the gentle colors under a faded sky. Grasses were gold-stemmed, and over the prairie spread a cover of buff and tan and brown and warmish brown-gray. Only the sloughs were darker green. The birds were fewer and hurrying. Often at sunset a long flock talked anxiously high above Silver Lake, and instead of sinking to eat and rest on the water, that they must have been tempted so much. The tired leader fell back, another took his place, and they went on flying southward. Winter, winter's cold was not far behind them, and they could not pause to rest. In the frosty mornings and the chilly evenings, when they went to milk the cows, Laura and Lena wore shawls snug over their heads and pinned under their chins. Their bare legs were cold, and wind nipped at their noses, but when they squatted down to milk the warm cows, the shawls covered them cozily and their feet warmed under them, and they sang while they milked. Where are you going, my pretty maid? I'm going a-milking, sir, she said. My, may I go with you, my pretty maid? Oh, yes, if you please, kind sir, she said. What is your fortune, my pretty maid? My face is my fortune, sir, she said. Then I can't marry you, my pretty maid. Nobody asked you, sir, she said. Well, I guess I, we won't be seeing each other again for a long time, Lena said one evening. The grading job at Silver Lake was nearly finished. Next morning early, Lena and Jean and Aunt Dosia were leaving. They were going away before sunup because... They were getting away with three big wagon loads of goods from the company stores. They would not tell anybody where they were going for fear that the company would catch them. <clears throat> I wish we'd had time to ride black ponies again, Laura said. Gosh, Lena spoke that wicked word boldly. I'm glad this summer's over. I hate houses. She swung the milk pail and chanted, No more cooking, no more dishes, no more washing, no more scrubbing. Whoopee! Then she said, Well, goodbye. I guess you're going to stay right here as, as long as you live. I guess so, Laura said miserably. She was sure that Lena was going out west, maybe even to Oregon. Well, goodbye. Next morning, Laura milked the lone cow by herself. Aunt Osia had driven away with a load of oats from the feed room. Lena had driven a wagon load of goods from the store, and Jean still another lo big load of scrapers and plows. Uncle High would follow them as soon as he settled with the company. I guess his debt is big enough this time with all those goods charged to him, Pa said. Shouldn't you have stopped it, Charles? Ma worried. It's not my lookout said Pa. My orders were to let the contractors take anything he wanted and charge it to him. 
Oh, come on, Caroline. It wasn't stealing. Hi hasn't got away with any more than what's due him for his work here at the camp and in this and on the Sioux. The company cheated him there, and he's and he's even got here. That's all there is to it. Well, Ma sighed. I'll be glad when these camps are gone and we're settled again. Every day the camp was noisy with men, drawing their last pay and leaving. The wagon after wagon went away east. Every night the camp was emptier. One day Uncle Henry, Louisa, and Charlie started the long drive back to Wisconsin to sell the farm. The boarding shanty and the bunkhouses were deserted, and the store was empty and Pa was only waiting till the company man came to check his bookkeeping. We'll have to go east somewhere to spend the winter, he said to Ma. This shanty's too thin for zero weather. Even if the company'd let us stay in it, and even if we had any coal. Oh, Charles, Ma said, you haven't even found a homestead yet, and if we haven't if we have money to spend you've earned just living till spring i know but what can we do pa said i can find a homestead all right before we leave and file in on it next spring maybe next summer i can get a job to live on and pay for the lumber to build a shanty i could make a good shot shanty but even so it will take all we've got to live till spring with no peace no pieces of supplies out here, and no coal. We'd better go east for the winter. It was so hard to get ahead. Laura tried to cheer up, but she couldn't. She didn't want to go back east again. She hated to leave Silver Lake and go east. They had got so as far as Silver Lake, but she wanted to hang on there and not be pushed back. If they must be, they, they must. Next spring, they could start again. It would do no good to complain. Don't you feel well, Laura? Ma asked her. Oh, oh yes, Ma, she answered. But she felt so heavy and dark trying to be cheerful. It only made her more miserable. The company man had come to check Pa's bookkeeping, and the last wagons from the west were going by. Even the lake was almost empty of birds, and the sky was bare, except for one hurried streak of fires. Ma and Laura mended the wagon cover, and baked bread for the long drive. That evening, Pa came whistling from the store and blew into the shanty like a breeze. How'd you like to stay here all winter, Caroline? He sang out. In the surveyor's house. Oh, Pa, can we? You bet we can, said Pa. If your Ma wants to, it's good, sound, and weather-tight house, Caroline. The head surveyor was at the store just now, and he said they thought they had to stay, and they had laid in coal and provisions to last them enough. But if I'd take charge and be responsible for the company tools till spring, they'd go out for the winter. The company man's agreed. There's flour and beans and salt meat and potatoes and even some canned stuff, he told me, and coal. And we can have the whole of it for nothing, just for staying out here this winter. We can use the stable for the cow and the team. And I told him I'd let him know early tomorrow morning. What do you say, Caroline? They all looked at Ma and waited. Laura could hardly keep still in her excitement. 
to stay at Silver Lake, not have to go back east at all? Ma was disappointed. She had been wanting to go back to settled country. But she said, It does seem providential, Charles. There's coal, you say? I wouldn't think of staying without it, said Pa, but there's the coal. Well, supper's on the table, said Ma. Wash up and eat it before it gets cold. It does look like a good chance, Charles. At supper, they talked of nothing else. It would be pleasant to live in a snug house, and the shanty was was cold with wind blowing through the cracks. Through the door, though the door was shut, and a fire was in the stove. It doesn't make... Doesn't it make you feel rich? Laura began. Doesn't, said Ma. Doesn't it make you feel rich, Ma? <clears throat> oh, sorry. Don't it make you feel rich? Laura began. Doesn't, said Ma. Doesn't it make you feel rich, Ma, just to think of the whole winter's provisions laid in already? Said Laura. Not a penny going out till spring, said Pa. Yes, Laura, it does, Ma smiled. You're right, Charles. Of course, we must stay. Well, I don't know, Caroline, said Pa. In some ways, maybe we'd better not. So far as I know, we won't have a neighbor near, nearer than bookings. That's sixty miles if anything happened. A knock on the door startled them all in, in answer to Pa's come in. A big man opened the door, and he was bundled in a thick coat and muffler. His short beard was black, and his cheeks were red, and his eyes were black as the eyes of the Patapus in Indian territory, whom Laura had never forgotten. Hello, Boost, Pa said. Come come up to the fire. It's chilly tonight. And this is my wife and girls. Mr. Mister Boast had filled, filed on a homestead out, out here, and he's begun working on the grade. Ma gave Mr. Boast a chair by the fire, and he held his hands out to warm them. One hand was bandaged. Did you hurt your hand? Ma asked kindly. Only a sprain, said Mr. Boast, but the heat feels good on it. Turning to Pa, he went on. I'm needing some help, Ingalls. You remember my team that I sold That I sold Pete? He paid me part down, and he'd pay me the rest next payday, but... He's kept putting it off, and now I'm darned if he hasn't skipped out with the team. I'd go after him and take them, but his son's with him, and they'd put up a fight. I don't want trouble with the two tough ones at once, um, me with the lame hand. There's enough of us around yet to tend to it, said Pa. I, I don't mean that, Mister. said Mr. Boast. I don't want any trouble. Then just where do I come in? Pa asked. I was thinking, there's no law out here and no way to collect a debt. No officers, not even uh, a county. But maybe Pete doesn't know that. Oh, said Pa. You want me to make him make out some papers to serve him? I've got a man that'll act as a sheriff and serve him, said Mr. Boast. His eyes twinkled as much as Pa's, but... The twinkles were not alike. Mr. Boast's eyes twinkled small and black, and Pa's twinkled wide and blue. Pa laughed out loud and slapped his knee. What a joke. Lucky I've got some legal cap left. I'll make out your papers, Boast. Get your sheriff. Boast hurried away while Ma and Laura hastily cleared the table. 
Pa squared up in it and wrote a large sheet of paper, red line down the sides. There, he said finally. Looks important and just finished in time. Mr. Boast was knocking at the door. Another man was with him. Wrapped in a big coat and a cap pulled low over his eyes, a muffler wrapped around his neck and across his mouth. Here you are, Sheriff, Pa said to him. Serve this wit and of an attachment and bring back the team or the or the money, dead or alive, with the costs of the suit at law. Their laughter seemed to shake the shanty. Pa looked at the cap and muffler that hid the man's face. Lucky for you it's a cold night, Sheriff, he said. When the two men shut the door behind them, Pa stopped laughing, and he said to Ma, That was the head surveyor, or I'll eat my hat. He slapped his thigh and roared again. In the night, Mr. Boast's voice and Pa's woke Laura. At the door, Mr. Boast was saying, I saw your light and stopped by to tell you it worked. Pete was so scared, he'd have to turn over the money and the team both. The, the crooks got reason to be scared of the law. Here are the cost singles. The surveyor wouldn't take any. He said the fun is in it is more than the pay to him. You keep your, his share, said Pa. I'll take mine, and the dignity of this court must be upheld. When Mr. Bose laughed, Laura and Mary and Carrie and Ma all burst out laughing. They couldn't help it. Pa's laugh was like great bells ringing, and it made you feel warm and happy. But Mr. Bose's laugh made everybody laugh. Hush, you'll wake Grace, said Ma. What's the joke? Carrie asked. She had been asleep and had only heard Mr. Bose's laugh. What are you laughing at? Mary asked her. Mr. Bose's laugh tickles, said Carrie. In the morning, Mr. Bose came to breakfast, and the camp was gone, and there was nowhere else to eat. The surveyor started east that morning in their buggy, and the last teamster passed. Mr. Bose was the last man to go. He had to wait until his hand was better so that he could drive his team. His hand was worse that morning because it had been chilled in the night, but he started east anyways. He was going to Iowa to be married. If you folks are going to stay out here all winter, I don't know, but I'll, I'll bring Ellie back and stay too, he said, if we can make it before winter sets in. Be glad to, ha be glad to have you, Boast, said Pa. Ma said we would, be, we would indeed. Then they watched Mr. Boast's wagon going and heard its rattling die away on the wagon track to the east. The whole prairie was empty now, and not even one flock of bird was in the cold sky. As soon as Mr. Bose's wagon was out of sight, Pa brought his team and wagon to the door. Come, Caroline, he called. Nobody's left in the camp but us. And this is moving day. Ha <laughs> ha! So they get to stay in a nice house. That's awesome. So the next chapter is called Surveyor's House. I love you boys. Good night.